Since America, the UK and several other countries seem to be heading for a recession, we thought it prudent to replay last year's episode about recruiting in a recession. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Talent Savvy, the podcast that inspires you on all things talent. In today's episode, we will be talking about the upcoming recession, or will it be a recession? And we'll be talking about what to do as a recruiter in these times of downturn. How do you treat candidates who've just been laid off or who are afraid to be laid off? And should you profit from it or how do you just deal with it? Enjoy the show. Welcome to Talent Savvy. Today I am joined by Kelly Robinson and Sophia Brubecker. <laughs> no, probably not still. Sorry, I still can't pronounce the Swedish last name. Sorry, Sophia. How are you two? I'm good. And my surname is Brubecker. One day I'll get it right. <laughs> Terrific, Baz. Uh, I'm fine. Thank you very much. I'm back from my first conference in a while. So uh, it's good to be back on the show. Thank you. It's awesome to have you back again, Kel. Um, and you've just been back from Unleash Las Vegas, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct. For those who don't know, Unleash started years ago in Europe. Big conference, big vendor market as well. Lots of great speakers on all topics, HR related, HR tech related, focusing, as they say, primarily on the C-suite, but uh, I saw a lot of good business friends there. I wasn't able to attend uh, Las Vegas. I will be there in Paris probably in October. But Kel, tell me, what was it you took from Vegas? So, so, so you're right. It's a, it's a great conference. I love the conferences where there's like a high energy opening keynote. Um, for, for me, you know, a person that's been to many conferences over the years, it was actually just nice to be back on the road and to meet people in person again. And to, you know, those conversations that you have where you're sitting in a coffee shop or you're sitting in a bar and you're talking to other practitioners or you're talking to people that are selling software or, you know, people that are just generally in the space and they're all in different walks. To actually be doing that again was 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 brilliant. I, I loved every minute of it. They They put on a really good show, a really good show. And... As I said to you, the opening of the event, super high energy, great speakers, you know, from economists to uh, panels of HR professionals to uh, the, the guys from Chad and Cheese. Um, and, and they actually brought, a, you know, a, a government person along to talk about regulations and things. So it was, it was for me, really quite informative. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, I saw several other uh, podcasters there as well. Matt Older was there from Recruiting Future. Hung Lee from Rain Food was there. Of course, Chad and Cheese. If there's one or two things you really enjoyed, some some inspiration you got there, anything for our listeners? Yeah, I think so. The, the opening keynote, well, not I think so, I know so. The opening keynote, which was, and I'm not going to give names, but he, an economist, and you can look it up. He, he was, first of all, kind of giving us a bit of a state of the world. Right. So looking at what's happened since COVID, really focusing in on the way that the current supply chains that we've got used to have broken and how that can have a knock on effect about returning manufacturing potentially to some home countries. You know, things that we've all talked about. We, every country seems to import way too much stuff now and we don't make a lot of it ourselves. So there was a conversation around that. He was talking about automation. OK. And he brought that to life with a story about a company that made prosciutto hat. And they're out of New Jersey 
And traditionally, you know, you hang these things up and you have people that, you know, lift up these hands and move them around to different parts of the smoker. And the father gave the business to two sons. One was an engineering graduate. One was a business graduate. So they decided to automate their family business, which had 200 employees. So they, they ended up laying off some employees and bringing in these robots to do things. But it opened up new business channels and they, they created new product lines. And this company grew from 200 employees to 600. And so part of that presentation was around maybe let's not fear automation as much as we do. We all think of automation as when you automate something, jobs go away. But historically, companies that have used automation have actually ended up hiring more people. So that was, you know, in, in the doom and gloom. And, and again, in, you know, everyone's talking about slowdowns and hiring freezes and this sort of stuff. I thought it was really, it was a really nice soundbite to see somebody with evidence that says invest in automation, don't necessarily fear it because actually it ends up creating new jobs, different jobs, but new jobs. So I like that. Um, and then as me being the software person I am, I sat there and I watched every single software demo. Um, so I go to these conferences, I like to learn, but I sat and watched every single software demo. So I am obviously personally personally critical of UIs and flows and things because that's what we do. But it's interesting to see where people are investing. And there seems to be a real big, you know, two years ago, it was all about text messaging and, and interaction with people applying for jobs. This time, it was much more about outbound recruitment, proactively finding people and then engaging with them. Um, and, you know, that's good for our industry because at the end of the day, the technology might point the person out, but the skill is as Sophia, you well know, the skill is how do you get that person to be interested in the organization and want to quit their job and come and work for you? Definitely. I just agree that that's, that's the key. So, okay. So main focus on, on new tech was on the, uh, the attraction, the, 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 the reaching out to sourcing uh, site. Really cool to know. You already hinted to what the topic of today actually is going to be about. Are we going into a recession and what should we as recruiters do? I think uh, the news which I brought with me also refers to that we've also already seen a lot of companies going on either hiring freezes or actually laying off uh, uh People, I think uh, Klarna is one of the Swedish companies, uh, right, Sophia? Yes, correct. Who recently announced a lot of layoffs. TomTom today did. Um, And another interesting news item, which I'm actually also interested to to hear your thoughts about, Elon Musk apparently sent an an email to his staff saying, uh, if you want to work from home, it's going to be next to the 40 hours you are working from the office because I don't believe in work from home and else you can find yourself a new job. Now, is that something which, if you're talking about somebody who automated a lot and figured out he still needs more people, because that was the big problem with Tesla early on with their supply problems, is this a smart move or is this uh, possible because we're, he thinks we're heading for a recession? What do you guys think? It's it's a good question. I mean, I I'm not sure it's a it's a smart move as such. Uh, but I'm also on the the other side. Like I get slightly annoyed with everyone saying remote is the new normal. Everything has to be remote. As a mother who also really enjoys social interactions and being around people, if I was forced to pick between remote and working from the office, I would pick office. However, to me, the hybrid is what works um, 
best the ability to work from home when I need to and things like that, but also being able to go to the office and get that aspect from it. So um, I think there is space for all of the options because I think we're all different and we all have different needs. So there are some people who are not going to work for for a company who is 100% office-based, but there are people who will. So it will just attract different type of people, basically. So I think that whole work from home remote thing will will gradually we'll find a balance. The industry will find its balance. It was forced on us. It turned out that for a lot of companies and a lot of people, it made perfect sense. You know, why spend two hours a day commuting when that could be two hours a day working time? So I, I think there are certain groups of people and certain jobs that just lend itself to doing that. We we personally here in in our business, we we operate hybrid. We have some people that are fully remote. Um, just because they chose to move away during COVID and we're fine with that. And then generally we have people in the office two or three days a week. It's not compulsory. They can work from home if they want to, but we do that and that works really well for us. Um, I, I think that this whole thing will, will, will find an equilibrium over a period of time and it will it will find a balance. Now, in terms of Elon, did Elon really send that email? I mean, he's a target recently, right? Ever since he popped up and said, I'm going to buy Twitter and delete Facebook and all that funny stuff. I think people miss sometimes his irony. He's obviously got a, a dry sense of humor. Did he send that? Is that is that driven by the people that run the business? I can't imagine he's making every single operational decision. Maybe he did. And if they have sent it, I mean, when companies do this, they generally do it because they've thought through the, they've, they've looked at the data or they've thought through it or they've made some, you know, there's a, there's a reason why they're, they're saying that. And, you know, I guess ultimately, if you don't want to work in that environment, you change your job, right? And there's no shortage of that at the moment. I mean, even here in the US, and I'll give you some numbers, when you look at kind of the layoffs, there's still still four jobs for every person that's currently looking for work, right? Or every person that's currently unemployed. So it's, there's no shortage of work at the moment. So I think, you know, might just be a big transition. Yeah, no, and I fully agree that, I mean, Elon said, I want you in the office. And uh, what I get get from the, the, the media coverage is his argument is basically factory workers work more hours uh, and they're required on site. So office should be on site as well. Not sure if I agree with that argument, but it's his argument to make. And what I do like about what you said as well, Cal, is let's make sure that you're clear about where you stand. Let's make sure that your policies are completely clear. And there are some people who do love to work on site. And I actually, at the the beginning of the pandemic, I was talking to a a TA leader here in the Netherlands, really great guy. And he said, he literally called me, he said, boss, I owe you apology because you've always been talking about how remote could work. And I've always said, you're full of BS. (laughs) And I just figured out that now that we, you know, mandatory lockdowns, we all went remote. It works. I'm just crap at managing it. And I, as a manager, am unfit to manage a remote team. So I need to figure out a company which is not going to be remote because I can't do it. But I have seen how so many of my direct reports are flourishing in it. And actually, the ones which I always considered to be the low performers are now my high performers. And some of my high performers went to medium. You know, and I believe that we do need to make a very a specific choice. It's going to be clear what is the choice that your company has made. But before we get into today's topic, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. European. Talent. Intelligence. What does it mean? 
Imagine a world where it's easier for you to find and know your target group. Where it's easier to recruit and attract the talent you need from a European talent pool. Every year, thousands of corporate recruiters, HR departments and intermediaries rely on Intelligence Group to make that dream a reality. Intelligence Group is the European market leader in recruitment talent intelligence. With innovative dashboards and tailor-made research in 28 European countries. It is our job to empower you as a state-of-the-art, data-driven recruitment business partner. Recruiting with data is great. Recruiting with Intelligence Group is better. Learn more about our services at intelligence-group.nl Intelligence Group. Market leader in European talent intelligence. And we are back. First question. Prediction time. Are we heading for a recession? Yes or no? Cal? Yes. Asterix. Milder than we've experienced before. Yes. That's my prediction. Hey, and by the way, I'm not an economist. I just read a lot. <laughs> if, you, if you look at the signs, I mean, yes, I can see the recession. I just don't think it's going to be as, as bad as some of the previous ones we've lived through. All right. Sophia? I'm just going to simply say I am so clueless to those kind of things. Um, I don't read a lot. <laughs> I don't do that. So, uh, But my guess is kind of somewhat inevitable in a way. You can't just keep going up forever. Yeah. No, it's it's. Um, I'm kind of with you, Cal, um, on the question, are we going there? I guess probably. Um, especially with the official definition of two quarters of negative economic growth. Um, I know in the Netherlands, because we cancelled all the stimulus end of last year, that alone has an impact which the normal economy can't absorb. We spend so much money on, on testing and everything, which is now out of the GDP. So the main question I'm still struggling with is, are we actually going to be losing jobs? and seeing an increase of the unemployment or will, and I'm mainly looking at my own country right now, will we just see the enormous number of open jobs go a lot, a lot less and see that not each and every job right now is uh, very difficult to recruit? Will we see some less difficult jobs to recruit? I'm not sure yet. So I pulled some US numbers because I thought I'll bring you know, this side of the, the world is to kind of focus a little bit to helpfully bring the conversation along. So I did some Google searching yesterday to say, well, what companies have actually laid people off recently? Let's see if we can get kind of a theme or a trend going here. So the numbers I saw, you know, obviously Uber classically came out and said hiring freeze, uh, but they've been losing money forever. Amazon came out recently and said we're actually overstaffed in certain areas. And, and I don't know if you've noticed any of their recent press releases, but they're talking a little bit more about actually making profit which they've never done so far right it's always so they're they're massively invested in everything but you know they're they're talking about being slightly overstaffed um and then i broke that down and went okay well other companies are doing things so there's a uh automated car company a vehicle called varna they just laid off 2500 people there's a company called reef which make ghost kitchens you're familiar with that phrase in in holland okay so they just laid off 750 people so you know one would think that perhaps there's less ordering of 
takeout food or, or online food using those ghost kitchens, or they've overexpanded. GoPuff, which is a VC-backed or investment-backed company that does um, super fast delivery, you know, like you order something, get, get it within the hour. They laid off 400 people. Better.com, which is the mortgage company, 4,000. Noom, the weight loss company, they laid off 495 people. I had no idea they were that big, quite frankly. Um, Peloton, we all know about them, that 2,800 people. But, you know, did they just overexpand? You know, is this is this as a result of the current inclination or did they just massively overexpand during COVID where their I think their valuation went from like six billion to like thirty billion or so. I mean, you know, it, it, it's a um what do you call it when you pedal bikes indoors? Uh, what's the what's the spinning spinning class, yeah. It's, it's a, you know, it's an online spin class, right? Is that business should that business ever be worth thirty billion dollars? I don't know. No, and to be honest, uh, should uh, because I actually know their most popular spinning instructors were making five hundred grand a year, five, uh, five, yeah, five hundred thousand dollars a year for a spinning instructor, which in the Netherlands is twelve thousand a year or something. I mean, yeah, that was a bit uh, uh, overextending, not just in number of people, but also in wages, perhaps. But and I agree, and if you look at the, the, the numbers and the companies which are laying off people, uh, uh, which I've been hearing about, it's um, mostly venture-backed of almost everything, Gatier, Klarna. Today, TomTom came out, which is a profit-making, um, you know, the GPS uh, system uh, company. They're laying off 500 people, which apparently is 10% of their entire employees, which I was like, are they only 5,000? That small worldwide? But and they're restructuring a bit. So I'm that was the very first one. I was like, that has nothing to do with venture backed and uh, stock markets. So yeah, it's it's an interesting group. Now, as recruiters, because that's of course what our audience is looking for, what do we do? What do you do? And I'm looking at Sophia then, especially now, because you're actually recruiting uh, as a recruiter. If you hear companies like Klarna and other companies laying off people. Is that something you would then immediately go target all the people you've been looking at for a while? Or is that a moment where you wait until, you know, the lists, and we now see a lot of lists going on usually uh, from the people who are let go. Uh, how do you look at that? How do you go about being sensitive or don't you care about being sensitive and just getting in the person in? How how does it work? I think you've got to got to be sensitive to to some extent. Of course, I mean not not looking in that pool. I think would be almost silly. Of course, you're going to look, but you've got to be also sensitive then uh, to to how you approach and how you do it. But I think you always got to be sensitive how you approach. You know, I'm as you know, I'm more for the qualitative um, reach out looking and not reaching out to hundreds of people, but actually choosing who I reach out to. And in a way, I'm obviously looking to find the right person for the job or a right person for the job, because I still don't, I believe there's more than one, you know, out there who's right for the job. So when I'm looking for people in general, I obviously, I, I'm looking for somebody who I believe would be interested in the job and who I think would be a good fit. But it doesn't matter if they're employed at the moment or not, if they've just been laid off or not. I'm looking for the person with the right skills and who I believe would be interested in the job I have to offer. 
So in that sense, you know, with the whole, um, if you're looking with the open to work and things like that in LinkedIn Recruiter, where you can sort of people who are open to work, I'm like, I don't care if you are, have marked yourself to open to work in LinkedIn Recruiter or not, because I'm going to go for the person I think is good, whether or not. So the same with that. I'm going to, of course, I'm going to go look through the lists. And of course, I'm going to look at in general, not just through the list, because obviously, it's a lot of movement happening at a company. There could be other people wanting to move, not just the people having laid off. But at the same time, again, you can't just spam them like you do. You can't just go, here's a job. The approach is always the same. It's always with quality and making sure that you feel chosen by me, that I'm reaching out to Bass because I actually want to reach out to you, not just anyone who happens to be available. And that's the same whether you're laid off or not. Basically the same way I recruited you for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want you, Sophia, and I went, okay. Gail, any thoughts on this? Um, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, I just listed off a bunch of people that are a bunch of companies that are laying off staff and, and big names. You know, I've not mentioned Netflix, but we've all read those stories as well, right? Yet, if you look at last month's stats from the US, the open job roll count, increased by 428,000 jobs and the unemployment rate remains static at 3.6%. So 3.6% unemployed, which is about 5.9 million people, um, but 428,000 new jobs created last month alone. So I think it's going to be interesting to see and watch that really closely, how that plays out over the course of the next few months, over the course of the summer, because it might be lagging behind. Um, but at the moment, there's still... Statistically, what, between two and three jobs per person available? So there was 50 million people quit their job last year. They reckon it's going to be about the same this year. So I, I, whilst I think there's lots of layoffs, there's still the jobs out there. It's just a retransition of people that have gone from company A to company B and just moving generally. As I think in, in all of these cases, and I think it's probably been like this for a long time, the, the approach from a recruitment standpoint has to be, you know, how do I encourage this person to, to come on to want to quit their job and work for my organization rather than I'm going to be the one that's going to anoint you and allow you to come and work for me. It's as long as you take that approach, I think that makes a huge difference. Um, It's no longer about, Oh, five people have applied. Which one do I want? It's which one can I get? And how do I get that person? Because they're going to have multiple offers and again, multiple people chasing them. No, I totally agree. I think, I do think that with, with layoffs and with internal turmoil at those companies, it's, easier to get certain people, especially if you don't have a strong brand like Toka Boca does, uh, uh, Sophia, it's easier to get people to talk to you because they're either on the being laid off lists or, you know, you you give a little more structure. I, I know that a lot of people, uh, when you're fired or when your company goes bust, you are questioning a lot of things. And this a sales pitch from, listen, we have the most awesome job to, listen, we have a very solid financial base, so you'll be safe here for a while, does work. And I actually know that for electrical engineers in the Netherlands, um, a few of the big energy firms have been saying, we never knew it was a unique selling proposition, but it, we found out that the fact that we are actually paying our wages on the day we promise to pay them is apparently something a lot of our labor market competitors, the small and medium electrical uh, engineering firms, struggle with. So giving people a solid 
base and, and stuff like that uh, really works. And it might actually be that you could change your approach based on that. Of course. But I also think if with the lists going around, the people being laid off and everyone, it's like people are like piranhas going after them. I had a friend of a friend is a recruiter that was laid off from, from Klarna. They had 40 messages in like one day. So if you're still doing this spammy approach and just shoving a job in their face, they're not going to, you know, who are they? They're going to listen to the person who is actually asking, hey, Bas, now that you, you know, I know this. So what are you looking for? What do you want to do in your, in your next job? What's important to you? Rather than, hey, it's a job. Do you want it? It's not going to work. No, it, it is, by the way, something which, of course, is relatively new. But I do love the fact that the recruitment industry is now making a positive thing about getting people back who are laid off at, at these mass layoffs and just sharing it publicly and getting people, of course, if they want to be on there, on the lists and that those lists are really used well. I mean, on the one hand, getting 40 reactions, do you want this job as a recruiter, is ridiculous. On the other hand, I remember the time when somebody was laid off and was in complete and total stress. And if you're out of a job for two more than two months, there must be something wrong with you because you do... You were unemployed, you know, and we only want the employed. Mm. Exactly. And it's, it, but isn't that great, right? All of a sudden, that particular story, right? A recruiter got laid off or talent acquisition person got laid off and then 40 people chasing them. Right? That never used to happen. And you, we, we were never headhunted. And the fact that this skill set, the capability to find people, to bring people to work in your organization is now finally getting a real corporate value. These people are getting headhunted, they're getting chased, they're getting offered six-figure packages to move to different organizations. They're getting offered relocation to different countries, different parts of the world. They never used to happen to recruitment. They just promote somebody internally or, or find somebody who thought they could be good at the job. But now they're appreciating the skills that people have got because it's really hard to find people. So I, lo- I love that. I think that's a, it's a, it's a, you know, some recognition, the fact that this market's got, gone in that direction, I think is a great thing. But, but back to the original point that you were making, Baz, I do think there's some change in the wind in the sense of the, the, this VC, and, and you're quite connected to these communities, this VC investment community, the word that keeps coming out now is building profitable businesses, right? It never used to be. It used to be growth at all costs. You know, if Amazon, Netflix, et cetera, et cetera, saying, well, it's about time we probably should make some profit. So, so maybe it's just a balance of, well, maybe we didn't need those 4,000 extra people. I know it's not nice to say that, but, you know, maybe those 4,000 people should be somewhere else who are desperately trying to hire people while we're going to focus on making a profit. And maybe maybe that will change. Maybe there is no shame in making a profit nowadays, which was, you know, the way businesses used to grow. Yeah, no, and it's um, you do see a change on making a profit. And actually, I saw this Y Combinator letter to their companies that they've been backing. And they said, listen, we're seeing a downturn. And especially, we're seeing a lot of VCs not willing to invest or especially not willing to invest on the multiples that you're used to. So get ready, um, cut staff, cut costs. Make sure that you've got enough runway to sit it out for at least a year and a half to before you'll be doing another fundraiser. And I think it's, uh, I've always been surprised by the way the venture model has now become. Basically, you're just fundraising to do another fundraiser uh, every now and again, um, instead of at some point thinking about profitability. But yeah, that world is changing, uh, which it always does 
in a recession, and usually it's a good indicator if a recession is coming. So any famous last words, Sophia? Keep looking for quality and doing quality outreach, no matter what the situation of the person you're reaching out to is. Kel, last words? Well, I'm not talking about last words, but I'll give you a few words. I mean, I, you know, I'm going to echo the point. It's lovely to see that the recruitment industry is getting recognition and people with the talent for finding people are certainly being highly valued in companies and getting headhunted. I, I love that. And then, and then, you know, I guess there's no shame in a profit, right? We'll leave on that note. <laughs> and on that note, I thank you all for listening. If you enjoy the show, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be back next week. Adios. Ciao.